Hey everybody, welcome back. So this is a little bit of a different uh, take on what we do on our show. We typically do a you know recorded show. We usually find a topic. Um, Nicole does a lot of research, and we kind of go through you know kind of what we want to talk about, bullet points and things like that. Um, this being a live show, it's definitely not at all like that. Um, it's a little something I'm trying to get used to. Uh, you know, it's with a with a show that's also a podcast that's also a video content i mean there's so many different levels and so many different different ways to create content right so you know it's just it's trial and error but um you know if you're listening to the podcast hey thank you so much for for joining um this was a live show so uh in the future i will I will promote them a little bit better so that you guys can take a take a listen and if you're watching this live on YouTube welcome um, so kind of just a few housekeeping things. Listen, we've, we, we're very ecstatic with the amount of growth with the, uh, not just the YouTube channel, but also with our, our, our podcast and our podcast is available. Well, anywhere you can stick a podcast nowadays. Um, and there's a lot. So I think we're available of course on Spotify. Uh, we're available on Apple music, uh, Google, uh, podcast, yeah, I mean, pretty much anywhere you can put one. So uh, please stop by there, listen to it. And if you're just into the video form, obviously, if you found us on YouTube, you're watching it there too. But no, we've had some great growth and I, I want to thank you guys so much. Um, you know, starting this was always been uh, a labor of love. You know, we didn't get into this to to do anything to, to take the world over and be these, these amazing influencers. It's not really what we went into this for. Uh, Nicole and I love the paranormal. It's something that we enjoy together. Um, and it's something that we, we just want to do and we share it with you guys, you know, and if you're new to the show, we try to approach everything from very nonsensical, uh, approach. Um, there's probably a billion shows out there that, that don't quite do it that way. And that's okay. We're all fans of them too. We watch them. Um, but that's really not the approach that we have. Uh, we try to just kind of break everything down from a normal point of view. I mean, there's things out there, obviously, that are so easily explained. And then there are definitely a lot of things that are just not. Uh, Nicole and I Nicole and I will, will differ from time to time in opinion, which is good. I think that adds a lot of a layer of complex, uh, complexity. But um, <clears throat> so if you are if you are new to the show... This isn't how my voice normally sounds. Um, if you listen to our last show, yes, the cold is still here. It's not as bad. I don't sound as Fran Dreschery, but it it is still kind of nasal. And uh, and if that's the case and it, and it annoys you, yeah, I'm sorry. It annoys me too. Um, so elephant in the room, right? Um, you know, and, and I mentioned this in the last podcast and, it, and it's come up a couple of times. If you, if you want to support us, that's great. If you don't, that's okay too. That's not pressure sales or anything, but if you do, uh, you can reach us at patreon.com uh, forward slash generation X paranormal. Um, and of course on a non-monetary side, uh, we also have the Facebook group. And if, uh, if you want to join us on the Facebook group, we're at, facebook.com forward slash forward slash gen x paranormal um you know somebody apparently already had generation x paranormal go figure um but no we'd love to have you at either one of them um that'd be great so if you're tuning in and you're watching and you've clicked on it obviously you know what this show is about it has to do with mother's day uh mother's day is you know one of those great holidays um i think everybody pretty much has a mother i do too hi judy um, 
you know, we we often celebrate mothers, um, you know, in many different ways. But today is a day for celebrating. Now, how does that equate to the paranormal? Well, there are a lot of shows or there are a lot. I'm sorry. There are a lot of uh, of stories out there of um, of evil mothers doing things to haunt kids and and say some and do some awful things. And I don't really want to celebrate it that way. Um, I think for our channel, we would like to celebrate it in a much more positive way. Now, I I really labored with the idea of doing La Riorona because culturally that's something that I that I'm very attached to. But if you're not familiar with that story, it's not it does not paint the mother in the greatest light. So we decided to opt to not do that. Um, but nonetheless, what I did is, um, I created a complete and total video, uh, with, uh, with some audio background. It is me doing it, um, during this show or during this actual, um, viewing of this video, I can be reached on chat. And I know those of you who are, who are listening to it on the pod are kind of lost about now, but, um, since it is live, obviously there's a chat behind it as well. Um, but anyway, anyway, kind of rambling on. So what I did is I I, I recorded a, a story. Um, it's an interesting story. It's an Appalachian story. Um, and it has to do, it is paranormally tied, um, but it's a really great story. It it's um it's touching. A little little scary too, but I think you guys will like it. Um it's about 10, 15 minutes or so long. Um I'm gonna be there with you. I'm gonna be in a little little square on your screen. Um, and I know podcast listeners are loving this because you can't see a thing, but you're going to hear it all. I promise. At any rate, I'm going to go ahead and kick it off. Uh, if you guys want, hit me up on chat and here we go. A mother's love. Not so long ago, many families in Eastern Kentucky Hills lived in isolation from the outside world. High ridges, Poor road conditions kept them miles away from modern conveniences like grocery stores and hospitals. If someone ever got sick, a family member would have to ride for miles through hills to fetch a doctor and maybe sometimes taking a day or more to return. And the Bishop family lived in a ramshackle farmhouse deep within a remote hollow. The steep rocky hillsides had long given up what little sustenance they could provide. And Howard Bishop, like many of his neighbors, was forced to work for the lumber companies. A proud man in his 30s, Howard had no love for the greedy lumber barons who forced him to work brutally long hours. He also hated to see his mountainside birthplace ripped apart by the name of industry. But when the bitter winds would blow through the flimsy walls of his broken down home, he knew he had no choice but to succumb to their will for his family's sake. Howard's only peace came from Elizabeth Bishop, his wife of three years. Although Howard showed a stoic exterior to the world, his heart belonged to her. Five years his junior, Elizabeth was a beautiful woman toughened by years of mountain living. Their relationship wasn't overly affectionate, but both had a great deal of comfort knowing that each other was nearby when the black night would fall across the hills. And to them, how was enough? And in the early spring, Elizabeth had just given birth to their first child, a little girl named Anna. When she came down with a bad fever, it was awful. Howard watched with concern as Elizabeth's feverish body tossed and turned in a sweat-soaked bed, her face, her pretty face, drawn and pale. Anna, is Anna all right? 
whispered Elizabeth hoarsely to her husband. Howard looked over at the child lying still in the laundry basket that served as her makeshift crib. She's fine. Don't worry, he replied. Try not to betray his concern. You just get some rest. I, I know something's wrong. She ain't moved in her crib for hours. She won't even let me nurse her. Howard tenderly wiped her brow. Shh, it's going to be all right. She's just sleeping. When Laura gets here, I'll run down to town and fetch the doctor. Laura. Laura was Laura Shellnut, the wife of Howard's good friend, Walter Shellnut. Since the Shellnuts lived down the valley where the land wasn't quite so barren, they were able to eke out a respectable living as farmers. Sometimes, even brought fresh vegetables up to the bishops when times were really tough. More importantly, Howard knew he could depend on them in a time of crisis. And though Howard did his best not to let it show, to him, this was a time of crisis. An hour later, Laura arrived to care for Elizabeth, and Howard roared down the treacherous mountainside road towards town. The logging companies had torn the dirt road to pieces, and Howard's old rickety car pitched and swerved in the furrows and mud holes cut by the lumber trucks. Sometimes the muddy road would plunge straight down the steep mountainside with no guardrails, forcing Howard to proceed at a snail's pace. But nothing, nothing was going to stop him from fetching help. When Howard finally arrived in town, he learned that the doctor had left for a neighboring town and wouldn't return until the next day. By now, a fierce thunderstorm was lashing the hills. Howard had no choice but to wait out the overnight storm and find the doctor in the next morning. When the doctor finally returned the next day, Howard pulled him right into his car and roared out of town towards home. The evening's rain had made the slippery roads even more treacherous, and the two men had to occasionally get out and push the car out of deep mud holes. After what seemed like an eternity, they arrived back at the Bishop homestead. Howard leapt out of his car and bolted for the house. I'm home! yelled Howard as he threw open the door. I brought the doctor. He then saw Laura Shelnut sitting on the bed where his wife lay, tears streaming down her face. As Laura turned to face him, Howard sensed the horrible truth. He staggered over to his wife's bed and looked at her pale face and lifeless body. He was too late. Howard wailed in anguish, his cries of pain reverberating through the house. He then rushed over to the crib, only to encounter a second tragedy. His young daughter lay cold and limp, much in the same position in which he left her. The dreaded mountain fever had claimed two more victims. Two days later, Elizabeth and Anna were buried in the community cemetery high atop a windswept bluff. The mourners sang solemn hymns around the freshly dug grave, believing that the mother and daughter were safe in the arms of God's angels. But Howard Bishop, he stared angrily at the menacing skies. His fists clenched, in the frayed pockets of his old wool suit. After the service, he shrugged off his consoling neighbors and stormed home, bolting the door behind him. Facing the dark, empty house alone, everything in his life was taken from him. Howard stared out the window for hours on end, wondering why the loving God he prayed to every day at church had suddenly betrayed him. The next day in the valley... Walter Shelnut rose before dawn to milk his cows. 
He lit a lantern, grabbed a pail, and shuffled off outside in the frosty mountain air. Cows rose to their feet, mooed loudly in the barn, sensing his arrival. But even as he milked his cows that morning, the reassuring ping of the spray hitting the bottom of the metal pail, he sensed that something was different. He usually did his chores alone, and at this particular morning he could sense that someone was watching him. He knew his wife was still in bed. I mean, who could it be? He turned around, and what he saw startled him. At the barn door stood a mysterious woman, covered head to toe in a long black dress. Her face was indistinguishable in the dim lantern light, but Walter could sense she wore no coat and protected her from the morning chill. Morning, muttered Walter. He was unsure what to say. And the woman did not answer. Instead, she pulled out a shiny tin cup and set it down on a bale of hay. And it took a moment for Walter to realize what the woman wanted. She wanted milk. And this wasn't an unusual request. Neighbors in the area frequently borrowed milk from one another. And in the nearest farm was miles away. And from what Walter could tell, he had never seen this woman before. Nonetheless, he filled her cup, put it back on the bale. The woman took the cup, nodded gratefully, and walked out the door. And Walter's cow suddenly became restless and kicked over the milk bucket, distracting him for just a moment. And when Walter finally got up to look out the door, the woman had vanished into the darkness. When Laura woke up, she and Walter discussed the morning's strange events. Eventually, they came to the conclusion she just must have been a lost traveler, and the odd one at that. So Walter didn't give it much thought until the next morning, when the woman suddenly appeared again in that same black dress, holding an empty tin cup. Like the morning before, she didn't speak a word, but nodded gratefully when Walter filled her cup and then mysteriously vanished. Like clockwork, the woman would appear every morning for four days. On the fourth day, Walter's curiosity got the best of him. As the woman walked out the barn door with her milk, Walter sprung up and followed her. To his surprise, he saw the woman run into the surrounding forest without the benefit of light. Without thinking, he grabbed his lantern and ran right after her. For hours, it seemed, Walter chased the woman through the dense forest. Walter was a healthy, strong man. But no matter how fast he ran, he could not gain ground on the swift woman in the distance. As the morning darkness gave way to eerie, ray light, Walter felt his eyes were playing tricks on him. For at times, it seemed the woman wasn't running at all, but was floating on the ground like some giant raven. Walter emerged from the forest onto one of the logging roads. After the long run through the forest, Walter was surprised to see the woman run straight up the hills at the same breakneck pace. Out of breath, nevertheless continued to run after her. Without warning, she veered off in the side road that cut through the dead forest of brittle, claw-like trees up toward one of the windswept bluffs. Walter was now truly baffled. How was she going up to the cemetery? Walter finally reached the rusty iron gate of the community cemetery just in time to see the woman standing over one of the headstones, her black dress flapping in the fierce wind. She then knelt before the newly dug grave and to Walter's shock, vanished into thin air. And for a brief moment, Walter stood frozen in terror. 
He had heard the old timers tell stories about haints and witches in the cemetery ever since he was a little boy, but he had always just chuckled at them. Had they been telling the truth all along? But then something dawned on him. Ignoring his fear and exhaustion, he sprinted all the way back down the mountain. He burst through the door of his home, scaring his poor lord to death. She looked at his panicked face and said, Walter Shellnut, what is wrong with you? Where are the shovels, he gasped, almost out of breath. Well, they're, they're back by the barn, Laura answered, still taken back by his disheveled appearance. Why? I need your help. Hop in the truck. We got to go up to the cemetery. What on earth for, Laura chuckled. Are we grave diggers now? Walter grabbed her by the arm and yelled, I ain't got no time to explain. Just do it, please. Minutes later, the shellnuts roared back up the old cemetery road and climbed to the top of the bluff. They stopped at the gate. Walter leapt out, grabbed a shovel, and ran towards one of the headstones. Laura's jaw dropped as he saw Walter dig like a madman into one of the fresh graves. Elizabeth Bishop's grave, to be exact, buried only days ago. What are you doing? Are you crazy? She screamed. Just get over here and help me, yelled Walter. Hurry! Giving her dear husband the benefit of the doubt, Laura reluctantly grabbed a shovel and did something she never imagined she would do in her wildest dream, dig up a grave. As the two dug deeper, both heard a strange sound. It started off as a muffled whimper, which Laura thought must have been carried by the howling wind. But as they dug closer to the coffin, the whimper became a high-pitched cry, then frightened wail. The two looked at each other, their blood running cold as ice. There's a baby in there, screamed Laura. They finally struck the wooden coffin. Frantically clearing off the dirt, Walter ripped the lid open. Inside lay the corpse of Elizabeth Bishop, the mysterious woman in the black dress. On her chest, her precious daughter Anna, very much alive, crying wildly, and clutched in Elizabeth's hand was an empty tin cup. Hours later, Howard Bishop remained boarded up inside his darkened home when he heard the truck roar into his yard. He instinctively grabbed his shotgun and bolted out to the porch as a truck skidded to a halt in front of his door. He recognized it as a shell nuts. When he heard the baby crying in the truck, his face flushed with anger. What kind of a sick joke is this? Bring a baby up here after all he'd been through. It's me, Howard, Walter said as he hopped out. Put, put, put the gun down. As Howard did so, Walter walked over with the baby. Howard's face softened as they approached. His eyes flashed in a joyous and disbelief spark of recognition. Is this your baby? said Walter, handing Howard the young daughter he thought he had lost for sure. She woke up from her fever. Oh, I don't know how, but she did. Howard gently cradled the infant in his arms, his eyes welling in tears. It's, it's, it's a miracle said Walter in the smiling light. You see, sometime the Lord does work wonders. So, uh, what'd you think? I thought it was kind of an interesting way to, to start a Mother's Day weekend. 
Um, you know, again, wanted to stay away from the evil, uh, the evil stories like La Llorona and stuff like that. So, I mean, uh, you know, it's a good holiday. I hope you guys have some really good plans. Um, we're going to go out of town, pick up our daughter. She's going to be with us for the, uh, for the summer. Should be fun. Um, you know, a lot of kayaking, having a good time. So, but listen with Nicole away, I typically make these kind of short and sweet. Uh, didn't really want to get into uh, a big, long, uh, topic, uh, mainly because tomorrow we got to leave pretty early. So, but listen, thank you so much for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, again, you can follow us on anywhere you can get a podcast these days, the Facebooks, all that kind of cool stuff. So either way, uh, Hey, thanks for stopping by and have a great weekend.